let's uh, tell the good people who are listening who you are. I'm Jessica Ross, the writer of Drowning. I'm Kendall Schaefer, the associate producer of Drowning. Fantastic. And thank you so much for your time tonight. It's a pleasure to come and chat to you. Um, So, yeah, let's start with you, Jessica. Let's hear about your journey. How did you end up um, becoming a writer? Um, And what brought you to showbiz? How did I end up becoming a writer? I think... um, I think we all are writers in some way. It's just how you, how you want to tell your story. And mine happened to be with a pen and paper and lights and stage and an actor. We all have something worth saying. Um, and I've always loved the theater. I was a theater kid growing up. Um, I thought my journey would be on the stage. Um, the audiences thought otherwise. Oh, no. no, no, it's fine. <laughs> I, I love musical theater uh, especially. But I am really fascinated by people and their their stories and just humans because I, I don't think the stories have to be complex necessarily I find things fascinating just in everyone's everyday lives um, and I like telling those types of stories and hearing about them and I tend to create stories in my head a bit that's kind of how I see the world and how I I, I move through time and space I'm a very visual person and so I like making up stories uh, you started as an actor, is that right? Yeah, in high school and uh, starting off going to college, that's what I thought I wanted to be. And then I started my family and kind of put everything on hold. Um, as I think I've mentioned before, I have nine children, half adopted, half biological. And they are amazing, but I think any parent will agree with me, parenting is time-consuming. Yeah. So um, I found solace in, in writing in the early mornings or in the late nights, you know, you don't stop being a person just mm-hmm. because you're a parent. And my husband is super supportive of that. That's so I'm, I'm really lucky. Yeah, we talk a lot in our industry about the pitfalls and the difficulties with parenthood and trying to manage a career that is generally not set up to uh, be kind to performers. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I can't even imagine yeah. having having nine kids and, and trying to navigate that. Um that's incredible. So thank I'm very, you. very impressed. Oh, no, thank you. No, I'm happy. I'm happy to be a part. I'm honored that I get to be a parent. So is this your first play, the one that you've brought to Edinburgh this year for the festival? Uh, first one with my name on it. I've done ghostwriting in the past for some TV stuff and some plays. Um, but ironically enough, my family is moving to Edinburgh. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. We've just got a house in Morningside. So it seems like a natural way to kind of start off in the community and um, establish myself and, and make friends and um, hopefully start something for myself here. Oh, that's really uh, exciting. On this part, in this part of the world. It is really exciting. Welcome. I love Edinburgh. <laughs> I love it. I love the people. I love the city. It's, it's peaceful, but it's vibrant in a way that um, I just truly enjoy and touches my soul. I feel like the earth vibrates different here. So that's so exciting. That's, that's the hippie of me coming out. <laughs> the hippie LA in me coming out, but it's true. Making a move from LA to Scotland, that's that's a big change. That's super exciting. Yeah, but you know, I feel like, again, always the grass is always greener. Mm. You know, we all, everyone here wants to move somewhere else, like to LA. We always hear that. Or Los Angeles is what <laughs> I'm being told it's called. Um, and we all want to move somewhere else. But I feel like my family is always one to live in Europe. Um, we're just, we kind of vibe that way of walking around more and, and being more family oriented. Obviously we have mm. a huge family. Um, so it just seemed like a natural choice. And we're here every summer. We usually cool. go up to the Isle of Skye. Um, oh, that's one of my favorite places in the whole world. 
it blows my mind yeah. every time. Um, I feel like dragons and fairies could... They actually do live there, I'm pretty convinced. I think convinced. they do, yeah. We've yeah. just not spotted them yet. Yep, mm-hmm. they're I'm there. convinced <laughs> they're definitely they are there. there. Um, <laughs> sure. And then so we actually... We're here last year and our trip got extended and we happened to just literally be thrown into the Fringe Festival and we were here for about a week and saw some amazing shows and the city takes on a completely different energy during this time Mm -hmm. and I've never seen it before and, and we just really wanted to be a part of it and you know it's we want to be part of the family and bringing something here. It's bigger than just you. It's, you become a unit and, um, that's what we wanted to create with drowning and then undrowning and the women of fringe was about bringing that all together. That's really exciting. Yes. Um, we'll talk more about joining in just a minute, but we'll yeah. um, now go to Kendall and Kendall, would you like to talk to us a little bit about your journey and what brought you to producing, how you started in, in this business we call show? Sure. <laughs> well, I started out, um, as I was acting as a child, um, and then I went to film school and in New York. And then I, that took me to Los Angeles where I started, um, producing uh, television and visual effects and, um, and writing as well. And, uh, and then Jess and I met and the first time I met her, I went to her house and I noticed she had a script taped to the wall <laughs> of her hallway. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, what's this? I mean, she really literally did have all the pages and the, these big uh, charts with scenes. And, and so that caught my interest. And I think I was, you know, dropping off one of my kids, but instead I stayed for about three hours and we talked about story mm-hmm. and her story. And, um, and then she's, wanted to read my stuff and then we just connected creatively I think um so when this opportunity came up and she uh she threw me the script to to read I asked Kendall to read the script because after like the 50 millionth not even joking rewrite (laughs) of this script I needed someone to give me a an unbiased opinion and I said can you please read this and and then eventually I was like can you just please come to Edinburgh with us (laughs) and she has been so instrumental in making this show even come together because I would have lost it by now. Oh, so thank you. We're good. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for this. Well, a good producer Chance. is worth the weight in gold. It's very, <laughs> very true. It's like a marriage. It has to be right. That it relationship is. Has to be exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. But it's it's been great to be back in theater as well because that's mm. where I started. Um, so I love the theater. So being putting it all together, producing skills, and, and then a new city and figuring yeah. it all out and what to do and... We're doing buses. it, kind of winging it. Yeah, well, anything after doing the fringe will feel like a total piece of cake. Oh, good. I feel like okay. it's just nothing challenges you quite like this insane festival. Yeah. Um, so you said you worked in TV. Mm-hmm. How was that? Um, I was working in TV. I was working in TV. Um, um, I'm sure you know sure. Persistent and Nasty as an initiative is all about platforming uh, mm. the female voice in stage mm-hmm. and screen and, mar- and amplifying marginalised voices. Sure, And sure. we do hear a lot from mm. how from women mm. about how difficult an industry it is to navigate mm. in that world, specifically in that world. Right. Well, I landed up. in post-production and, um, and visual effects, and that's a dominantly male world. There were very, very few women. I mean, I'd, I'd say handfuls of women. Um, I kind of work well in a male's world. I kind of prefer that in a mm. way. So it, it worked for me, but I definitely noticed how different it, it is. Mm. Um, and I think it gives you opportunity uh, de- most definitely, um, and skills I gained that I never would have had a chance to. Mm. So that was exciting. Um, I think TV is different than feature. Feature films, I feel like they have a, a big, um, like, A personalities on the films, and mm. everyone's just go, go, go. Television is more of a family unit where mm. you're actually creating the show each week and hopefully year after year, and you're with that family, and you kind of go into the trenches together mm-hmm. and then and, and create a product. 
I didn't really feel that on the work on film I did so much. People mm. were kind of more interested in their own, you know, journey in that, yeah. what they could get out of it. That's interesting. I was just listening to um, uh, Gina Davis um, on a podcast. I think, it was mm. the, I think it was Mark Maron's podcast. And she was talking about her upcoming documentary, which is all about um, representation, particularly mm-hmm. of women in film and how <clears throat> there's just like a conversation that needs to be had around, well, have you given it any thought in terms of ca- characters in particular? Because we, I, think we, I think we underestimate just how much... Um, what we see on our screens, TV and film, and the way it's consumed, if you're just seeing one narrative and one set of experiences mm-hmm. over and over and over again, that sure. becomes, it kind of wires into you into that you. that's the way the world yeah, is. Yeah, it's absolutely. Not. And, you know, she's been, you know, just pushing to have the conversation of like, if it can be, if a character can be a woman, why not? Why not? Why not? Exactly. And it's just, it's, it's about simply having those, those yeah. conversations. It's yeah. all about money, and people are convinced, aren't they, that. Money talks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's fun when, as a writer, too, sometimes I flip genders with characters and it works. Mm. You know, what you would normally have as a man, you flip it and make it a woman, and then it becomes a whole different story. And yeah, we're, we're doing something interesting with that. So there's <clears throat> a show here called Four Woke Bays by Jonathan Carr. And, and it's, at, it's at the underbelly, and his show is Four Men and a Woman. These four guys go into the woods for a, a camp for a stag party. And they discover themselves, right, through this, the help of a woman, mm. right? She enlightens them. Jonathan contacted us and said he wanted to do a reading here where he flipped, where it was the men were played by women, and then the one woman was played by a man. And mm. to see, he, was, he wants to do it for himself, and we're going we gonna to do it. Uh, we're going to take the place of his cast one night. Okay. But he really wants to see what that kind of conversation looks like and how it changes yeah. the audience's perception of his script Mm -hmm. so I'm actually really excited by that and I think we need more people to to try that to willing to take that risk Mm -hmm. um to see Mm -hmm. if maybe their message their own message that they want to say is heard more clearly yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and you're totally right about money talking and it I think it's just this there's this mental disconnect for me because it's like women make up 52 percent of the population or I think that's the statistic it's like we go to the movies we're paying for theater tickets Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and I think there's like ghostbusters I think broke box office records the all-female blo- yeah, uh, mm-hmm. all-female Ghostbusters yeah. and similarly with Bridesmaids it's like that was a great movie yeah yeah, and it's like it, the money is the money is talking yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like changing the paradigm keep, yeah, a bit just need to keep chipping away yep yeah um and speaking of that you guys are doing this amazing thing where you started the hashtag online women of fringe mm-hmm. how did that come about um I can't take credit for that um there was another young woman on the like kind of the ed fringe world and she started using the hashtag and then our social media manager talked to her and she said we should blow this out and they talked to me and I said yes let's (laughs) blow it up so what started off as just kind of supporting other women grew into this conversation between us of well it's all great to talk I love a good chat but like let's actually do something Mm -hmm. so we wanted what did we what was important it was to feel like you're not just one of so many shows and I mean it's huge here it's it's a monster and you can easily get swallowed alive. So how can we support other women? How can we connect them? How can they make friends more quickly and not feel like it's just a competition to get butts in the seats? Yeah. Because absolutely. in a in a weird way it is here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but so we wanted to, you know, connect them not only through social media until the fringe started, but then once it started, you know, setting up meeting points, sponsoring events, giving people scholarships, I mean, money just to bring their show here. It's expensive. Yes. It's so Probably expensive. Everything so. jumps in price and 
your set, your flights, your food, your accommodations, your bus fare, it just adds up. So we said, let's take some of our budget and give it back so that everybody benefits. And the friendships we've made are, I, I mean, amazing. The support we just have, mm-hmm. if we're going to be totally mm-hmm. self-serving, is incredible. Um, we just met with the writer of Hitler's Tasters today, sporting my Hitler's Tasters beanie nice. they gave me. Um, and, and it was amazing to have those conversations and to share your fears and how can you support each other and let me help you with this. And that's what it was about. Mm-hmm. That's what women of fringe. I think initially started out to be about, and it's just kind of grown organically, which means people want it. Women want it. Absolutely. And we do have some great guys involved too. It's not just, it's not angry feminists. We are not angry feminists, but we are women supporting each other. And if there's an amazing man who wants to come along for the ride and support, that's ultimately what we all need to be doing in the world. 100%. Yeah. Like it's not about exclusion. And allies are important. We need men in the room. Right. Having these conversations we alongside our, us. We need our husbands, our boyfriends, our sons, mm-hmm. all to be a part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So that's that's Women of Fringe, and it's it's really it's growing exponentially. And I'm excited not only this year, but then looking forward to next year. What are we going to do? And then at other fringes, trying to keep this momentum going. Of course, it yeah, should it's be it should be an ongoing thing, I believe. So let's talk about the play a little bit. Let's go back let's. and talk about drowning. Let's. Um, Great. What's been the journey with that? Where did the idea come from? Can you talk a little bit for our listeners what it's about? Sure. And like how deep do you want to go? I want to go. I want to you deep go dive. Really yeah. deep dive. <laughs> All right. So um, the the truth of the matter is, is, I never went to college. I was raising a family, and at one point in my life, I said I really want to go to college. You know, I just feel like it's something I want to do for myself. And so I started applying to schools, and one of the schools, NYU, required me to write a play. Uh, for admission and I just met with Kendall because I was working on a musical I'd written um, and she said well, what about would you help me write the, the music and lyrics for this this idea I have and it's about murder and blah 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 and I was like okay because <laughs> okay um, and so then um, that spun into me doing a bunch of research for uh, this this show she's working on which I I'm not going to talk about right yet but we share a love for um Murder, I think. Murder yeah, and uh, sort of dark. Darkness. darkness. We, we, we're compatible um, that way. <laughs> so started researching murder and came across this article in a newspaper about these four nurses in Austria in the late 80s, early 90s, who were um, accused of murdering 200 patients in their beds by pouring water down their throats. Started off by using morphine, um, supposedly tranquilizers, and then devised this horrific idea of let's pour water down their throats till it floods their lungs and they drown or go into cardiac arrest, which could take anywhere from a minute to an hour. Yeesh. A horrible death. Horrible death. So their, at least one of their, um, I don't want to say please, they thought they were doing a good thing, right? Like we're putting people out of their misery. Most of these people weren't terminally ill. Um, so that really doesn't work. And also if you're putting someone out of their misery, Letting them suffer for an hour doesn't really yeah. seem like a merciful way to do things, mm-hmm. at least not in my book. Um, so that that line didn't really work. And eventually they found out that they were convicted of 49 murders, but the police ended up exhuming bodies in uh, out and around the hospital. It was a state hospital and found it was closer to 200. Wow. Yeah, this went on for mm-hmm. six years. Four women, six years. They were convicted... Uh, put away and have since been released on good behavior 
there now have um, in witness protection program under assumed names for good reason. Mm. It really rocked Vienna um, when this hit. So this, but this story, drowning, this version of it, was obviously very short because it's for the fringe. So we really had to condense what was a two and a half hour show into <laughs> including characters and whatnot. But the meat of the story is still the same. It's their story. How do you convince somebody to commit murder? Mm. We love your blouse, Luis. We wanna, you wanna knock this one off with me? <laughs> How about it? I mean, really, what is that? You have a beer and sit down and be like, I'm really like, bored. Let's, yeah. let's knock this person off. They're annoying me. I mean, how do you have the conversation? Mm-hmm. So it's that. And then also it's what, what drove them to do this? I feel like we're, at least I hope everybody at this table is pretty sane. I, I'm questionable. I know that, <laughs> but you know, what line do you have to be pushed to and then cross to do it, to commit murder, or how do you justify it? Mm. Like, I know I talked about this today. At least in our country, there's a lot of political unrest. Uh-huh. Maybe a little bit in the UK, too. Maybe just a bit. I've heard a little bit about that. A little yeah, smidge, yeah. a little smidge yeah. of something, yeah. maybe. Um, so a lot of people would be like, oh, just, you know, whatever. You, you can commit murder very easily when you, when you feel like you have the right reasons. So what reasons did these women believe, believe they had mm. that justified their acts? Maybe was it the same? Was it all different? In our show, everyone has a different backstory, which is completely made up. There's not much historical information on these women mm-hmm. for protective reasons. Um, so we tried to create a story where the audience could, in a really weird way, empathize with at least one of them. Mm-hmm. You could see a little bit of yourself in each one of them. doesn't mean you're a murderer, but when you find yourself empathizing with a murderer, maybe you're not so likely to judge someone right away. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying we shouldn't... We're all going to judge people. That's just the nature of, of humanity. But you look at things dif- differently and are not so quick to believe a label mm-hmm. that whether the press puts it on you. It's not all wrapped up in a nice box with a ribbon on it. Psychopath, murderer well, wait a minute, what does that really mean? What's underneath it? Mm-hmm. Are they born a psychopath? Are they born a murderer? Does someone look like a murderer? You know, these are all questions I think we explore. And, and that's what I really hope the audience takes away is just the conversation of how do I feel about this? What, what could I be pushed to do? I, I'm a normal person. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. like one half of the conversation. The other half is they were nurses for God's sakes. You go into you know, get help and you never walk out. Yeah. The do no harm uh, motto didn't really apply here. It's uh, fascinating in a really chilling way. And it's, yeah. I mean, and our culture, I think, is a little obsessed with this kind of thing at the true moment. True crime like, right now. True crime is, yeah. is a huge thing. But it would be interesting to me to see how audiences and press react to that when it's for women. Because mm-hmm. you're, you're so used to sure. seeing... Or being presented with the charismatic psychopath with Ted Bundy, men. like yeah, Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy. yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, women, like at that time when there was that all that media furor around him, like women yeah. were like, oh my god, but he's so handsome, he's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, okay, that's right, take a seat, take it, that's right, yeah, and I mean yeah. that's something to look at, you know what I mean? Yeah, we all our characters are different in terms. You've got the the ex beauty queen, you got the young kid, you've got the older character, and you've got the one who seemingly is nice and has every reason in the world to do what she's doing. And that just makes for a really 
good storytelling mm. and conflict and theatre mm-hmm. in a way because that that's where we get engaged. We're like, yeah. but I, I do empathise with you, but you you've done these terrible terrible things. So that's where it gets mm. really interesting. I think that's what's great about theatre, right? Yeah. It allows yeah. you to cross your own boundaries, but still be safe in your seat. Absolutely, mm-hmm. that's really exciting. And um, Jessica's daughter Aurora has joined us. Aurora is in the play, and uh, having just heard about the play and all, it's really interesting kind of scary themes it'd be great to hear from you about getting yeah. into character and wh- what you think about it and uh, any process that you had yeah, to sort of try and connect sure. with that character. I mean the first time I heard about the character I mean I was really excited because I felt I've never played a I think Maria is crazy I think she's completely insane and it's the fact that she looks so normal and she's so young and she's so innocent that people are like oh but she just got roped into this but actually learning her backstory and how that played into um her coming to do this and um doing all of the things she did. I don't want to like give everything away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> too many spoilers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Too many spoilers. Um, so it's, it's a lot of fun. I, you know, being 16, they, I don't get a lot of opportunities to, um, play a lot of, I guess, quote unquote, hard characters. You know, mm. it's pretty in the box for my age. You know, we don't want to stray away, even if it's in school or yeah. in a community theater, different things like that. So getting this opportunity to play this type of character has been really jarring for me and um, just honestly a lot of fun, which is kind of weird yeah. to say, but it's, it has been a lot of fun and um, getting to work with so many great actors at such That's a young age, sure. yeah, you know, a great cast. Um, a great cast. so, and all of them having done professional work and they've are amazing in their fields and me still in school it's really (laughs) amazing to learn from them and um it's it's so great and I absolutely love it yeah it's it's exciting um particularly being a young actress to because I think we're still um in a place in this industry where particularly if you're young as a woman you don't get handed for sure. Interesting things very often. Yes. You'll either be the damsel in distress or the young Anjuno who has like oh, one dimension sure. or her story is connected to the guys yeah. who's the main narrative or whatever. Exactly. Um, so to, to get your teeth into something like this at yeah. your age is super exciting. It's so much fun. I mean, even telling my friends, I'm like, I'm doing a show. And they're like, well, what show? I'm like, well, that's, okay. <laughs> that's kind of hard to explain. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's about murder. And they're like, murder? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. just casually. Casual like, my character, she's crazy. She's a murderer, but she's really likable. <laughs> but you should totally come. It's going to be great. Um, yeah. Oh, that's fun. Um, so is this your first big role or have you been acting for a while? So when I was a kid, I did a lot of commercial acting and um, mostly, yeah, commercial acting and went out for a lot of auditions. But then as I got older, I stopped and started to do other things, be more of a kid. And then um, I started singing. I do singing mostly. That's what I do. And actually one of the women in our cast is my singing teacher. Oh, cool. Yeah. And um, so I sing classical music. I sing opera. And I started working with the LA Opera when I was mm, like 14. Yeah. So two years and not that long, but, um, and then that's what really I've been doing, focusing on my music career and just like writing and composing and acting has always been something that's been like 
I've always done it. I've done musicals my entire life, plays my entire life. But, and then really taking that switch to music and then doing this, it's just like, I was like, oh, my love for acting comes back. And yeah, yeah, it's just, it's been great. What do you reckon, Jessica, as a mum? Are you encouraging of this acting nonsense? (laughs) Oh God, the question, I have to be a parent. I am encouraging of something that will make her fulfilled because even at my spry young age, no, you know, I'm still figuring myself out and I've always wanted to tell stories in whatever way, shape or form. Right. So if, if she's happy and can support herself, (laughs) if that means you have to do two things, Mm -hmm. so be it. But you know what I mean? You can't, if you have that bug, if you've been bitten, what am I going to do? It's, what are you going to do, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. your kids, Kendall, your kids are, I mean, at least Jasper's that way, right? Yeah. I mean, so th- the kid's talented. I'm happy to nurture and support her. But I'm also, I feel like I, I'm pretty truthful and honest with you. I keep you grounded. That's true. Yeah. That is that's totally true. Yeah. But I think growing up in Los Angeles, you must see the reality of acting and being yes. an actor's life and what's, what that's all about. So I mm. think she's, you have an yeah. advantage of, yeah. of that. I think it's one of those things, yeah, it's the bug. You're absolutely right. Um, if you have it, there's, it's, it's kind of a lost cause. Yeah. <laughs> you also have to really want it more than anything. Mm-hmm. You have to want it like food or you know, you're yeah. hungry mm-hmm. for it absolutely. or it's not really worth it. Mm-hmm. I think we, uh, I can't remember who it was, if it was Brian Cranston or somebody else, somebody like that who was saying, if, you know, advice to young actors if, it's, called, it's, it's quite often, if there's anything else that will make you happy, <laughs> anything it. at all, do, do that. It. Yeah. Um, because it's yeah. a tough gig. It exactly. really is a tough gig. Same um, with writing, too, I yeah. have to yeah. say. Yeah. It's a tough gig. But if you, if you can't not do it, then yeah. do it. You just got to do like, it. You just got to do it. Yeah. But there's that high you get from acting, you know, especially live theater. Yeah. Uh-huh. You guys are going to be experiencing that. Yeah. Very soon. Mm-hmm. Every day. Let's hope so. We hope people like it. <laughs> Let's hope so. I don't think there's going to be like cheering. I think this shock on their face mm. is just going to Yeah, be like, I feel like it's going to be jarring. What did I just watch? I'm so confused. Yeah, our show yeah. has a good twist at the end. Yeah. You know, um, that people I don't think see coming, so. That's my favorite part about theater or yeah. movies or anything is when you watch something and you're, or you, you think you understand it and then right at the end you completely switch it and you're kind of just so invested and you don't know what just happened and now you're pulling from scenarios in your own life and now you're contemplating your life choices and you're like what just happened I'm so confused <laughs> that's great you don't like predictable I don't like things that are predictable yeah and those so are the worst and you're like oh worst. okay the girl's going to be sad and then she'll get the boy in the end and then when it's different <laughs> yeah and that's the great thing is that when it's different at the end everything you thought you were feeling throughout the entire show yeah. you're like I was completely wrong and yeah. everything yeah. I had mm-hmm. assumed I had assumed is otherwise then you go I'm an idiot or I'm like I should probably look at things a bit differently now mm-hmm. you know it's like some of those great movies you know that do that are great or great shows that do that yeah, yeah I, I love those because their mind like memento was great mm. when you thought you knew what mm-hmm. was going on and then <laughs> oh! actually our executive producers in that that was a nice segue did you like how I did that I didn't even think I was, was going to yeah, do that that was genius wow like, uh, yeah. it was like scripted yeah <laughs> um, so yeah really you should super, probably talk about that because that's quite exciting yeah we're super super blessed to have I mean talk about a female empowerment icon mm-hmm. Carrie Ann Moss um, I mean a brilliant person so supportive of women and their journey and their health and their 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 healing and then um you know when this project came up uh, her husband was incredibly interested in it and he has a a great work ethic and um 
and set of eyes, and he came on as the director and really nurtured the project. Um, so we're eternally grateful to both of them for really bringing this project to the next level. That's really exciting. How did that relationship come about? Did you had you worked with either of them before, or so it's it's interesting. It's just you know I think there's a very there's a certain community that's pretty small and pretty tight ironically in LA and she was just really excited when we presented her with the project and so was Steven and it it kind of formed naturally it wasn't you know that was it I really mm. that was it that it was that simple it was that simple and just right. like I said yeah they they were really formative and supportive during the whole process mm. and you're a team apart from is it Stephen Roy the mm-hmm, director mm-hmm. Um, apart from him is it an all female team I feel like when I've been doing our my stage, research online yeah, our like... stage manager is, is male as well as well as our uh, sound and lighting uh, director he's male as well but again the great thing about our team is that they all have the same ethic mm-hmm. that we do about supporting yeah. you know this team and women and um, yeah so we were very very I don't want to say prejudice about who we chose. We were just very aware of who we mm-hmm. wanted to work with. It was an act of choice. Yeah. yeah. We were really lucky that we were able to do that with our team. Absolutely. The men yeah. on the team are just completely behind everything. There's no sense of, I don't even think about it that they're men in a way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're part of... Well, they're part of the team. Yeah, they're part Bottom of the line. team. It's yeah. a team. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think, particularly for our principles with Persistent and Nasty, we are... Which I love that. <laughs> well, I've got a question about that for for towards the end of the podcast. Ooh, there's actually. questions about oh. yeah uh, for you guys. Um, yeah, it's all about it's all about allyship, I think, mm-hmm. and and feminism because you mentioned Jessica uh, like this this idea of the angry feminist, right. mm-hmm. and like feminism is really just a set of principles about equality and wanting mm-hmm. everybody to have the same opportunities, mm-hmm. um, and men need to be Preach part it. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it. Yeah. Uh, I think, and I'm so excited to have you here, Aurora, as someone so young. I think you're the youngest person to ever be on our podcast, actually. Oh my gosh! Um, so it's yes. really exciting to have you as a, as a young actress and a young performer. Um, you have a lot of ideas about feminism. Yeah, so and I'm so like, excited to hear from the the generation that's coming up behind us yeah, about their thoughts sure. on that. So if you if you want to, yeah, no, share totally. A bit, this is like one of my passions. I always said like if you know acting or seeing that if that didn't work out, it would be like human rights all the way, or you know I'd go for something like that. Um, yeah, so feminism and human rights is something that is so important to me, and I think they're so intertwined right now, and you know. A lot of people like to dismiss my generation of just like, oh, you know, social media, they're always on their phones or, oh, they're always doing this. But really how I see it is they're the first generation um, that is trying to take action and not taking no for an answer really. And um, it's just so amazing to see how many people are so um, committed and how many people want to make change and seeing that even just with all, I've been to a lot of gun rallies, especially in the U.S., um, and seeing you mean anti-gun rallies. Anti-gun rallies. <laughs> I, I meant. I meant. I meant for. I was like, whoa. No, no, no. I meant gun. Oh my gosh. Oh, anti-gun rally. Anti. It's important to clarify because yes, you know, sorry. It's, that's what I thought. <laughs> you know what? I was doing so great. You're doing <laughs> I was yeah. trying so hard. Yeah. Um and but. <laughs> You know, seeing all of the clubs and people and community just flourish from these, um, you know, tragic events and um, seeing also but all the good that can come out of it versus just, you know, realizing, okay, this is bad and then doing nothing about it. Just like my mom was saying, um, you know, talking about it versus actually trying to take action Mm -hmm. and do something. Um, So it's just, it's been so amazing, especially through social media, 
having the community and talking to people and um, posting or letting people know, like I would have never known about any of this. And it's so interesting for me. I'd say my school specifically, my last school was so helpful in really teaching me about that because when I was in middle school, my school actually like never talked about it and they were very closed off and sheltered and I never knew anything that was happening. And then going into my new school, I was kind of enlightened and that's what made me so passionate about it. Learning about all these things from immigration to gun laws to feminism to just what's happening in Congress right now to who are my congressmen, what's, what does that all mean? Because I'm going to be impacted by that um, growing up and that's going to directly impact me and not knowing that and kind of just shying away from that isn't going to change the problem. Um, so it's just been so important, especially even talking to adults about it. And they're kind of just like, I don't even know who my congressmen are. I'm like, well, you should, you really (laughs) should. This is important. And these are things that, um, everybody should know no matter what age you are, you know? Um, yeah, cause it impacts everybody in the end. Um, yeah, so super important to me. I, I also just love learning about this. It's so awesome and amazing. So, yeah. oh, Jessica, you must be so proud. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm a little teary. I'm right a little now. teary. I'm like, oh God, I got a good one on my hands. Oh my God. I'm yeah. proud of you, sweetheart. I, I mean, I love it. It's just so amazing. Are. Yeah. This is who you are. So I'm really proud of you speaking your truth. Yeah, it's so great. I'd say, honestly, education is the number one thing, even if it's just talking to some of my friends about it. I know I have my best friend and she's in a school that's very closed environment, does not like to talk about it and just enlightening her about it. And she's like, I never knew about this, even being on social media. And it's just really talking about it and educating people because conversation. Yeah. What a lot of, um, I don't know a better way to describe this, but haters like to say, (laughs) (laughs) is they just like to dismiss it. It's just like, Oh, you're just trying to push your beliefs on me or, Oh, you're just trying to do this. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm trying to educate you with all the facts. You know, if you want to make your decision at the end of the day, that's totally your right. But my least favorite thing is when people are just like, I'm this way because of that. I'm like, well, did you know this? And they're like, well, no, no, Mm. I did not. It's like, well, if you have all the facts and you know everything and then you make an informed decision, I'm totally for that. That's Mm -hmm. like way better than, yeah, not knowing all the facts. So education is number one. People (laughs) need to be educated about what's going on. Oh, you give me so much hope. (laughs) You give me so much hope. (laughs) Oh. Are, you, are you running? Are you running for an office, ma'am? Yeah, I'm running for office. <laughs> a for twenty twenty. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. we go. I think so. <laughs> um, yeah, that that makes me I'm so thrilled to hear that because it's yeah, it's a scary time. So knowing yes. that your generation is, you know, I mean, you are in the most like social media is in many ways is such a scary thing, but it has mm. allowed you guys to be the most informed generation yes, ever. Yes, for sure. Um, and that is exciting. Yeah. Um, oh. So, uh, are we talking about a play? I forgot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, bringing it back to the play, um, for a moment. Uh, so Jessica, you're moving here. You're moving to the UK. I am. I, my family and I are moving to the UK. We're moving to Edinburgh. That's so exciting. Yeah. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. So what does that mean? What's next? Are you going to, you and Kendall going to continue your working relationship? Because Kendall, you're going to not move to Edinburgh? Kendall's moving. Well, She's are you moving? No, I'm, I'm moving in. It's yeah. such an enchanting city the last four days. I certainly would love to be here. So we'll see. We would love to have you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so what does that mean? What does, what's going to be next for you guys in terms of your work? 
Um, I mean, we, it's so interesting. So Kendall has several amazing TV projects in production right now. I'll let you talk about that. Yep. Well, in development. Well, in de- yeah. whatever you would like. Sorry, development. I don't know the lingo <laughs> for TV. And then I'm, I'm more focused on uh, theater. So I have a musical that's ramping up and another show, female-based show that's um, being worked on. Hmm? Always. Always a female Always. show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always females. Um, and they're both actually female leads in both shows. Mm. Um, and one of them I'm, I'm not going to share, but I'm super excited about because it really shifts a paradigm that's so deeply embedded in our brains and in our so DNA deep. that once it hits, I'm just excited for young women because it's going to give them the power to go, oh, actually I can be what you guys always said I couldn't be and you've had it wrong for about what 250 years 400 300 years yeah um so really excited about all the research and Kendall knows about it and Aurora um actually was helping compose some of the lyrics for it um so that's that but I'm excited to be here because I feel like this city is super supportive Mm. of theater and Mm. new ideas obviously the biggest theater festival in the world is held here and the people are amazing (laughs) um weather we got to get used to coming from LA I'm sorry I I know don't apologize we're looking forward to seasons (laughs) but um yeah I I cannot wait it's a dream to live here for me at least. And Aurora's going to be going to boarding school back in New Hampshire with her younger brother. And two of our older kids are staying in the States to go to college. And then we're bringing the other six over. So I do my math right now? I was going to say, well, you do like quickly do the math five, there. Five, five. <laughs> I was like, what? Five. Sorry. He's out of the kid. That's well, fine. I mean, maybe the dogs. <laughs> the dogs. The yeah. dogs count. Um, and we do have several dogs that are coming too because it's a freaking well, zoo. Then it'd be nine children. Then it'd be nine. Furry, furry people. Furry babies count. They yeah, absolutely. Furry babies count. Yeah, they they absolutely count. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's, I think that's what's on the up and up. We're just mm-hmm. excited to keep the momentum going. We'd love to see where Drowning goes. If it could be pushed into a full production, mm-hmm. I think it could really do well or if it's done something for TV or a movie, I think it would be an amazing piece for women to be involved in. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it would do well. So, Kendall, are you going to tell us a little bit about your exciting TV project? <laughs> um, let's see, I wrote a book, a young adult novel called California Blue, Ooh. and um, that's right now out... I'm getting some interest, and that's about a um, 15-year-old female, a skateboarder, who lives in Venice, and um, yeah, she's sort of, I feel like she's a hero, so exploring the teen world that way. Um, I have another project called A Beautiful Crime, which is another young adult, (laughs) (laughs) where the teenagers are the murderers, so they kind of took that murder idea, female young teen murders, and uh, for some reason, a little interested in that subject. I mean, everyone is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's a couple, That's two things. I have another project called Wonder Valley, which explores um, a dark side of um, the Palm Springs and um, Joshua Tree environment. Mm. Um, that's kind of fun. And then I have um, a podcast that I'm actually starting on called um, The Snake Pit Podcast, the snake which pit. is about... Um, my grandfather, who was notorious, um, he, he was a, a child psychiatrist who um, got a lot of his patients pregnant in wow. back in the 30s and 40s in Baltimore. It's very that's very dark too. Ooh, so, but fascinating. It's, yeah. it's kind of fascinating. fascinating. There's a lot of 
um, there's a he was involved in witchcraft, so that's one aspect of it which I've shared with people who are listening can't see my face. There's so many strange stories, but so that's that's not necessarily a female driven project. That's kind of more about him, but I'll definitely but you do all the, the research. You're the one that's done all the research wow. and followed the path, so I really do feel like it, the, your voice is behind it. Okay, the whole time. my voice. That's so yeah. cool. So is that going to be like a long one of those long form? podcast where um, you kind of it's episodic and you follow I think so yeah I think I'm kind of exploring that idea now yeah that kind of more like so um cool. shit town do you know shit town yeah yeah I've heard yeah, of that yeah, yeah. more like that right. a little bit wow my god we're very yeah you can't, we're an eclectic <laughs> bunch here no. you, can't, you can't stop us I think yeah. that's what we've been learning um on this recently. trip that we really would like we really our careers are really important in our mm-hmm. telling our stories yeah, so, and it, that's incredible. You're, you're also inspiring. Like, it feels like you're like, there's nothing I can't do. And if I want to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to yeah, try. Yeah, yeah. Do it. that's well. super exciting. Yeah. So, you're, so you've written books, you're a producer, mm-hmm. you work at TV, mm-hmm. and you've worked <laughs> in theater. And you've been like, that's, yeah, wow. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> and, and, I'm a mom. <laughs> and you're a mom. Oh my but gosh. it's fun to have a partner in crime like Jess. Thank so you. she's very inspiring and um, always has been. Thank you. How long have you guys known each other? Four. Four, four years? years? Yeah, about four years. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Mm. That sounds like you guys have got the right relationship to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Yeah, it's, support- it's super supportive. It's also very real. Like, we'll call each other out. Nope, we get back important. on track. That's <laughs> important. You are off the, yeah. off the road. Literally, you're driving on the wrong side of the road. Jessica, you're on the wrong side of the yeah, road. She did a great job. She had to, she's had. she been driving <laughs> vans in, in Edinburgh, oh, with, jet lag with so two hours scary. of sleep. It's been I fun, though. Try, I, wh- wow. The reactions <laughs> across... Chris, our engineer, is having a, 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 a silent chuckle to himself. It's bad. I think you're laughing too hard. His ears are bad. It was really bad, but I'm trying. No, she did great. I take the bus now. Well, I mean, the thing is, you cannot get parked anywhere in Edinburgh, so you're going to stop driving soon anyway. I right. got to say something about that, which is my favorite thing, is she is... <laughs> no, no. She just like, well, no, because every time I'm in the car, like, this I'm so like, happening. I, I love her, but and I can't imagine in the scenario driving anyway. And I just started driving, um, and I can't imagine it. But we were just even driving yesterday, and she's just full on on the wrong side of the road, and there's a car coming. And I'm like, oh, she's gonna see it. She, it's gonna be fine. She's gonna see it, and she does, it, and she keeps going. And I'm like, she's gonna hit it. And I'm like. I Kendall doesn't see anything. Like, no, no, no. Life, she, do, she doesn't see it, and Kendall doesn't see it, and I'm like, is is nobody? Did, am, am I in an alternate universe? I go, Mom, you're on the wrong side of the road, and she goes, Oh my God! <laughs> like swerves. And then the best part, the best part, is when we're in America, she drives on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> when I come back from Scotland, no, I'm very still, confused. No, it could be like oh, months later, and I'm like, Mom, this is not the right I side. Oh my god. Yes, she has. My heart is in Edinburgh, okay? But your driving skills are switched. <laughs> it scares me. I, I am an equal opportunity bad driver in both countries. Yeah, so, well, this podcast is real. <laughs> I'm just going to embarrass my mother on the podcast. Do you want to go back upstairs? (laughs) I mean, I thought if we were being real, we got to just, you know, get it all out there. Do we now? Do we? Let's talk about Aurora now, (laughs) So what do you want to know about her? I can tell really good baby stories. Feel free. Really good baby stories. No. You just... You're spicy today. You're saucy. <laughs> You're saucy. 
Lucy. Oh my god, I think you guys should have your own podcast. Ah, <laughs> just we've been it. told. <laughs> we've been told many a times, except we would offend way too many people. It's so true. Eh. Just be called the offensive right. podcast. Oh, you guys are hilarious. So, as you know, the podcast is called Persistent and Nasty. Um, it's a very deliberate choice. It's meant yeah. to be kind of tongue-in-cheek, a bit provocative, and it's a nod to Elizabeth Warren and mm. Hillary and the language used around them when they were basically just standing up for what they believe yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Um, Persistent so, nasty women, right? Yeah. So that's why we named it. So it would be great to get your thoughts about what that means, what it means to be persistent and what it means to be nasty oh. in that context. Mm-hmm. In that context, okay. You want to take that? No, I think we all can take I it. Think I think you it's should a, all it's take it. Alt, yeah. it's a, you know, like if I hear the word persistent, when I was growing up, persistent meant it had like this annoying connotation to it. Yeah. Like, you know, she's persistent. She just doesn't stop. Mm. She's you know she, she doesn't give up. She's you know it, it kind of had this overtone to it. And when I think of persistent now as a, as an older woman, or when I think of if I say to Aurora or any of my kids, I would like you to be persistent or I'd like you to just persist. It means for me, it's don't give up. Yeah. There's an underlying sure. tone of hope that you want it, you get it. Mm. Be persistent and it eventually will come to you. I had an acting teacher when I was younger saying like 95% of the people in Los Angeles will never be working actors. It's the 5% who will. Not because they're good. Maybe Maybe 1% will actually be good. But the other 4% is because they were persistent. Mm. They didn't take no for an answer. Mm. And male or female, if you want it, you have to be persistent. Mm. But I feel like that yeah. should be laced with hope. It shouldn't be a connotation of negativity yeah. or annoyance. Yeah, for right. sure. Right? Yeah. I think of, um, I, I saw John Wells, who creates a TV creator, he created ER, was his first big thing in speaking. And he said um, he, when he had sold ER, he had before he sold ER, he had taken all the scripts he'd written and and he put them on. He stacked them up and he measured them and it was 22 inches. And he'd written 22 inches of scripts before he sold his first thing. Wow. So per, that's, that's persistence. Mm-hmm. And I always think of that because you don't, just don't give up if this is what you want to do and you will you know get to it. But it does take that persistence absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the nasty part. That's interesting that you so I was thinking what to say about that, but I feel like nasty is sort of always something like related to a guy or something. I don't know mm. why, like something they would say or something that you, but now as women, if we want to almost be on the equal playing field, you flip it a little bit. Yeah. You know, we can be nasty too, whatever that means, mm-hmm. but don't don't put us you know, don't put us down or anything, we're gonna be on that playing field. Yeah. Yes. yes Everything. Many words. Yes. You are representing yes. the youth of today. Sixteen-year-old so. yeah. <laughs> What does persistent and nasty mean to you? Well, the I mean, the world wants to know. I mean, everything you guys are saying. It's just like, yeah, it's all true. I know, mom. You specifically are always telling me that you just can't give up, and I. That statistic. She always tells me, you know, it's the five percent who just keep pursuing what they're doing, and I see so many people give up, especially. Um, we'll just like, we'll just pick like an instrument. It's just like, oh yeah, I played piano when I was like five and now I don't anymore. And even if they could, like they were amazing at piano and they just stop, you know, or I remember talking to one of my friends and she was a really great tennis player and, um, she lived in this suburban household. You know, her mom was kind of just like, what? it was a perfect house. It was a perfect house. And, you know, she always was hoping for that like perfect wedding and I've nothing really else. And amazing tennis player. And I asked her, you know, like, what do you want to do with your life? Do you want to, like, play tennis professionally? And she was like, no, I don't think so. I just, you know, just for fun. And then just, like, stopped. And it was just so sad to see it. She was so great at it. Mm. She just never thought she could do it. And 
It was never something that was offered to her. Like, yeah, you can do that if you want to. It has to be fostered. Yeah. Yeah. It really has to be fostered. Yeah. Um, So that's, you know, from all the advice I always get from everybody, especially living in L.A., because people always say, like, oh, celebrities live in L.A., or, like, that's where everything happens. It's so true. (laughs) It is. It really is. I just, all the time, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I see you. I know who you are, whatever. (laughs) And, um... It's just the people who don't give up because eventually it's going to happen. It doesn't, mm-hmm. if you're trying a hundred times, 200 times, 300 times. And I know that's, that's so hard for me to say too. Cause like all the time I'm just like, I want to be done. I just want to give up. I just want to mm-hmm. lay in my bed and do nothing. And that's mm-hmm. something I struggle with. Okay. You know what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aurora, have you studied your music yes, yet? Yes, I know. How is Orange is the new black. I, okay. <laughs> uh, you, that's something that everybody struggles with. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's just, it's not giving up and it's, keep going and um you know like so something that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get more into social media and you know creating like a YouTube account and for in LA especially it's Instagram's like a big thing mm-hmm. I'm trying to get onto Twitter I still do not know how to use it and I am 16 which is kind of scary <laughs> to me and I'm just like what is happening um the Twitter the Twitter <laughs> the Twitter but um, trying to do that, you know, like um, first starting, you know, like bullying is like a huge thing right now. And I remember, I think I created my first Instagram account in like seventh or sixth grade. Sixth. In <laughs> like remembers. I got bullied so much, Ugh. like so much over social media. And it's because they couldn't tell me to my face. And they all went to my school mm. and I had a small school. And I was like, say it to my face because you won't say it to my face. And then all the siblings and, got involved. Yeah. And I, I mean... People always tell me I look pretty intimidating. So I was like, I know you can't say it to my face. <laughs> and they have to say it over social media. And it was just so interesting to see um, because so many people get bullied. And just it's how you take it and how you grow from it mm. that makes each person different. If that's the person who just goes back to their hole, you know, and just doesn't do anything about it versus the ones who really think about it and are just like, okay, so what do I do now? Mm-hmm. And it was a really big, like, challenge for me to have that happen but um so yeah obviously i'm on social media again because mm, can't hold me down um uh, but to hear it yeah but um to keep doing that and to keep trying you know um yeah so keep persisting really you know and honestly especially as i am being a huge feminist and People, especially guys, are always like, she is so mean. And I'd say, like, you know, like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. You're a bitch. Yes. That's a classic. All the time. Yeah. Um, I will never forget um, one of the girls in my class. She was like, oh, yeah, I was was texting with this guy. And, you know, I asked him, like, who he thought was the meanest. And, of course, she told me it was me. And I was like, okay, well, thank you. But I don't really (laughs) need to know that. But just um, it's really the ones that speak up and mm-hmm. that was one thing that really helped me through bullying is just like and that's why I got bullied is because especially in my school is the ones who bullied you and then the ones who just cowered down were just like okay I'm gonna take it mm. and then I would not take it I was like no you do not get to talk to me like that um and then I got bullied more but it was fine and now I'm stronger from it and I've learned so much <laughs> and positives. yeah the positives yeah. from it um But yeah, so I like totally understand that. And that's something that I struggle with now, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So I, I know behind my back, I've gotten called nasty, a bitch. She's so mean. She doesn't know what she's talking about. You know what the great thing about those two words, especially nasty. I'm just going to be the appropriate one. That's how I Nasty 
I think originally I, when you think about, it, oh God, that's so gross. Yeah, that's, it's mm. so nasty. It's dirty. It's mm. wrong. It's inappropriate. It shouldn't be touched. It's disgusting. Mm. When I think of nasty, though, I think I'm gonna just say it. Oh, I man. think of a woman who's strutting down the street, got her groove on so hard that everybody, male or female, can't help but look at her. That is nasty. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> it's hot. It's strong. Mm-hmm. And if being nasty means being hot, strong, empowered, persistent, and confident, then God bless me, let me be nasty. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. think, I think persistent and nasty can mean whatever you need it to mean at that moment mm-hmm. in your life. And mm-hmm. nobody should give you a label mm-hmm. that you do not agree with 110%. Let them call you a bitch. So be it. You know what I mean? If you being you is being a bitch, mm-hmm. I'm a bitch. Yep. Just own own who you are and don't let anyone else's label. Exactly. Like, so what do those labels mean? You. 100%. And I, I think mean, it's all part of understanding that where women are concerned, especially, uh, language is weaponized in a way. In that way, it's about yes. being, like, I'm going to call you a bitch because you are being vocal about what you believe in or you're right. trying to get ahead and you're being ambitious or whatever it is. And that bothers me. Mm-hmm. So update that in the I'm going to try and weaponize exactly. the Can we update bitch in the dictionary to mean women with a strong voice? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think we absolutely should. Can someone yes. do that? Take note, Webster. Please, let's update that in the dictionary, please. Yeah. Thank you so much. Guys, it's been an absolute freaking pleasure to talk to of you like you are yeah. so inspiring so inspiring so amazing and uh let's do the promo bit let's um let people know where the show is on when it's on how they can get tickets yep. anything else you want to promote any women of fringe activity what you've got going on oh god okay hold now on we're gonna need another time. 10 minutes no, Kendall, <laughs> you're the producer like you, you gotta like wrangle this get it going okay <laughs> great um let's see we are at the um pleasant um above above theater at 2 30 every day except the 13th except the 13th of august, of august. Yeah. um and that's where to find us and tickets you, you probably know more about the tickets yeah so stuff. tickets are on the ed fringe website or at the pleasance website which is a bit you know because we're there they have their own website you can get them there too um please come out and see us if you can't afford to come out and see us contact us on twitter or on instagram we'll get you in to see the show that's how much we support it um 14 and over though guys heavy content save the kitties for home um <laughs> women of fringe tons of events going on the first week we're doing high Bikes, escape rooms, Prosecco bus tours, axe throwing. throwing. Um, the second week, we, were, we bought tickets to tons of women-led shows for free. You can come. Um, sign-ups are all on Eventbrite. The third week, we haven't released what we're doing yet. It's a bit of a secret. Um, but please follow us on all of our social media platforms um, just to kind of stay involved and let us know how we can help persistent and nasty and you female or male you know just staying persistent and nasty that's amazing yeah. you guys are absolutely awesome yeah. save the social media platform oh that, that would be that helpful would... <laughs> thanks teenage once again <laughs> 16 year old yeah. saves the day <laughs> you can follow us on twitter at drowning play or instagram at drowning the play we also have a website drowningtheplay.com with a really cool uh, promo video that's a bit creepy yeah. mm. Yes. Yeah, which involved a water tank. That was so wow. Yeah. Yeah. That That's was another day. <laughs> water tank stories are other days. But please, yeah, come out, see the show. Happy to have you. Everyone should hear a good story and be entitled to great theater. So we're happy to support that. 
Thank you so much, you yeah. guys. It's been so awesome. You guys are really inspiring. I have been talking to Jessica Ross, playwright, uh, writer of Drowning, the play, Kendall Schaefer, producer, and Aurora Henning, who is the actress, one of the actresses in Drowning. You guys have been amazing. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Keep no. doing what you're doing. I'm you're so huge. You're just hugely inspiring. And you guys should follow the hashtag, hashtag Women of Fringe. Yes, please. Um, and until next time, stay nasty. <laughs> Resistance! Resistance!